All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awaken to Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And my good friend, Benjamin Bernstein, is back with us. And today we are going to be talking about how to live the new earth now and support the new golden age by straddling worlds. So we're going to talk to Benjamin about that. We're going to talk to him about how the old reality is crumbling before our eyes, as we all can see that, right? And we light workers are here to support the new golden age that's rising to replace it. And we can do this by straddling worlds, embodying the earth's new higher vibration now. So we're gonna talk really in depth about that. And Astro Shaman Benjamin will teach you proven methods to accomplish this. And these include self-help techniques such as his invocations for healing and awakening, which are awesome and amazing and powerful. He'll also teach you a simple invocation to call in your next level of evolution, even if you have no idea what it is. And so we're also going to talk about fully transparent relationships will be part of our new, more awakened reality. And Benjamin will also discuss how techniques such as compassionate, radical honesty and nonviolent communication can help you relate at, higher, at a higher vibration now. So there's a lot that we're going to do. There's a lot we're going to talk about. We're going to be taking questions. We always do a wonderful process. So I'm looking forward to that. And for those of you who may be new to Benjamin or don't know Benjamin, he's called the Astro Shaman. And he hosts This Week in Astrology, a top 10 astrology podcast. He is a three-time Best Astrologer winner in Western North Carolina's Premier Reader Survey. He is a professionally certified astrologer and has done over 8,000 astrology, shamanic healing, and life coaching sessions with a global clientele, including myself. And I, he is amazing. I just have to say, amazing. If you get the chance, you should definitely do that. He runs the Awakening Plus online spiritual support membership. And he posts video, astrology forecasts, and other content on his popular YouTube channel. So please do take a look at that. Please go to astroshaman.com to find out more about um, Benjamin and what he does, all of his different uh, services that he provides. And so I'm so glad that he's here with us <laughs> today. So Benjamin, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Oh, it's always a pleasure to come back on, Laura. Thank you. So how are you doing, number one? Really well actually. Um, yeah. So many awesome things have happened lately. I've, I've just in the last week made some significant shifts. These aren't necessarily on our topic, but just to catch you up, um, I switched to a vegan diet about a week ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been eating a high protein, low carb diet, a la Tim Ferriss. Um, but my doctor suggested it might be a good idea to deal with my high cholesterol. And I had been vegan previously, so I had some experience with it. And after about a week, What's amazing to me is just how much lighter I feel. I mean, it's like if I was, I don't want to give numbers, but basically uh, I've, I've walked between the worlds now for years, but the percentage of divine consciousness is noticeably stronger on the vegan diet. It's like right. getting rid of the meat and dairy and eggs just has sort of raised the vibration just from doing that. Mm, awesome. The, the other factor, which, which may be a contributor, is I've started sleeping outside. Ah. Um, I just go. <laughs> go on my back porch and you know we have a covered back porch area and I just lay down there on my little pallet and I've been doing that for about a week and I just feel so much better being out more close to nature I'm not on the ground but I'm, I'm mm -hmm. you know the wind and and uh one of our cats comes out and sleeps with me and oh, it's just nice. yeah and and just it's easy to when I wake up in the morning I feel so blended with nature all I can compare it to is um um I've done ayahuasca dietas like in Peru and after a day or two, uh, one of the things that happens is you merge with the jungle around you. You're out in a completely natural setting, just like it was thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And 
you can't tell where you end and nature begins. And that's part of the work because nature itself is supporting your process. And I'm, I, I'm not going to say it's as strong as that, but I do feel one with the nature in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there's this much stronger nature connection. And I think that's also helping with the, with the vibrational shift. And, you know, I can really relate to that, you know, because in the past when I've gone to India and um, we've been in the village, for example, we would sleep on the roof, right? Because there were flat roofs, right? And who would mm -hmm. sleep on the roof. And it's such a peaceful, uh, peaceful way of sleeping. And I love hearing the sounds of um, the peacocks in the morning and everything else in the morning. And it was just, mm -hmm. it just makes me feel so calm and relaxed and like, you know, mm -hmm. at one, you know, with, with, with nature and with all that is. And it's a totally different way. I mean, you know, if you haven't, and I know people go camping and all that stuff, but if you have not experienced that, it's, it is really amazing. And just thinking of that makes me feel like home, you know? So like, it's like a home feeling, you know? Connected to the stars, connected to nature, yeah. yeah. I think I read somewhere that if you get out of nature away from all electronics, it takes somewhere between five and seven days for your body to reset to its natural state in harmony with nature. Mm. And uh, I guess by, by spending, you know, 70 hours out there in nature sleeping, I'll, I'll get at least a partial reset. And, Absolutely. And I don't know whether the sleeping outside or the vegan thing is more responsible or if it's both of them for this rise and more blissful walking between the worlds, but it, it's definitely happening and I'm, I'm very happy to be doing it. I love it. And how is your soulmate doing? Uh, we, she's doing well. Um, uh, not everyone may know she had a major stroke back in December and was pretty much totally incapacitated for uh, several days. And she's made a very amazing comeback. And now she's <clears throat> mostly functional. She's driving. She's able mm. to do just about everything now. Um, oh, good. She I'm still so can't walk as easily as before. And, and once in a while, she uses her little rollator, that walker with wheels, mm -hmm. you know, to get around if she's feeling really tired. But most of the time, uh, except for her kind of slow paced walk, you'd hardly know anything had happened. Oh, good. So oh, made I'm a so happy. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad. Oh, I, I've been thinking of you both and it's like, oh, God, I hope she's doing better. You know, so thank, I'm glad. That's why I wanted to ask, you know, how are things going? So good. And, <laughs> and on topic with our topic today, you know, she and I have been doing this compassionate, radical honesty stuff and, and occasionally nonviolent communication. And it took us to, a, I mean, we're now more sweetly connected than ever. And, and as part of our conversation today, maybe I'll be able to get into that and how, you know, being willing to walk to the brink is, mm -hmm. is what let us get closer than ever. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, this, this new reality, this new world that we're living in, that we're birthing, it really is about our relationships changing, right? And, and having those honest relationships, open, transparent relationships, but yeah. honest, right, not from a mental place but also from a soul place, from a heart place, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, part of that means being truly vulnerable and open to the other person, you know, which I think I am, but, uh, but you know, as I say that, it's like, oh, I'm not totally... <laughs> <laughs> There's still places where I hold back, right? And so, but it's okay, it's a process, right? It's, 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 uh, it's, 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 it's all good. But the thing is, like, that is what we have to also do for ourselves, not just for relationships with others, but also for ourselves. Can you be radically compassionate with yourself and honest with yourself and vulnerable with yourself, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and getting out of your head and just being fully present? It's, it's, it is where we're going and where we, where we need to go. So 
all that, you know, let's talk about, I'm really excited about, you know, how can we live the new earth now and support the new golden age that we're bringing in, bringing forward by straddling the worlds and what does that mean? Okay, all right, so basically what I'm talking about, you know, the terminology I use, of course, there's lots of different ways people describe this, but my term is embodied awakening. Mm -hmm. And and I'll just tell a brief story. Way back in 2011, I've done I've done many many ayahuasca ceremonies, and in this one, in the middle of the ceremony, out of nowhere, uh, Mother Ayahuasca just dropped into my head this idea for invocations, mm -hmm. and and I never even contemplated this before. It was like brand new, out of nowhere kind of stuff. And at the end of the and in the ceremony, I tried it on myself. And basically what I said was something like maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good, please. Mm -hmm. And then just her guys just relax, be passive, let it happen. And sure enough, it took me right into an awakened state. And, and it wasn't out of body, it was in body. It's like yeah. the divine came to me, my higher self merged with me. And, and of course, the essence of it is, is beyond words. You can't really describe this to another person, but here's the best I can say about what it's like. You can talk about the qualities that arise when you're in the state. So basically, mm -hmm. when you're in embodied awakening, four things are definitely true. There's no mental chatter. There's no challenging emotion. It's peaceful. And all this happens with no effort at all. It just is. And the way I understand that is when, when the higher self comes and merges with you, it's like the higher self is driving you. Not like, you know, a, not like herding cattle or driving cattle, but it's like, just driving a car. You, the personality, have voluntarily moved to the passenger seat and your divine's behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. Now, you, the personality, can always take the wheel again if you want to. You can reestablish control at any time. And in my opinion, when people are going into this process, it's super critical they understand they're safe and this is reversible, okay? Because the ego that hasn't experienced this yet is going to be fearful. Oh, I don't want to lose control, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of gut level, I need to survive kind of fear. But in fact, once the divine drive, you just go, wow, this is so much better. I can just hang out and just kind of flow with what wants to happen naturally and 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 the and the benefits um i don't know if i listed these yet but there's a lot more i know i didn't there's more harmony flow ease and grace mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. you're responsible for you do more responsibly instead of having to figure things out so much you just know what to do through intuition a lot more and there's this pervasive bliss and that becomes your new normal and that is my normal i mean i you know, I'll get all in flow state and in a project, but as I'm like getting up and walking into another, I'll realize, whoa, I'm pretty altered, you know? Mm -hmm. I haven't ingested anything, there's no substances in my body, but it's just, you know, having cultivated these states for so many years, my normal, you know, most people, if, if someone were to be in me and experience, they say, man, what drug are you on, man? I'm all altered and receiving other realities besides the physical, what's going on here? It's, that's just my normal now. And I have to give huge thanks to the plant spirits I've worked with, ayahuasca and San Pedro and mushrooms, these awesome teachers who open those doors. Mm -hmm. And what I've adored about the plant spirit work is, you know, after the plant opens the door and I get to experience that level for the first time in this incarnation, I'm then able to, you know, on my own, get back there on my own and then cultivate that as sort of the new baseline. So. I get to say at the end of every year, that's the best year of my life so far, mm -hmm. because every year I wake up a little more. And I, I've found that awakening is not just a one shot, you're done. In my experience, yeah. at least it's incremental. And what I've, there's also, a, I'm, I'm riffing a little bit if that's okay, but 
there's a there's a wonderful spiritual teacher named Adyashanti mm -hmm. who wrote an awesome book called The End of Your World: How to Live as an Awakened Being. And uh, I don't know if it was in this book or somewhere else, but he he made this awesome statement, which says, if you have an awakening and it's what you thought it was going to be, it's not it's a not. real awakening. Yeah. Because I've learned you go to this, it's and nothing you could ever have imagined in your wildest fantasizing. It's because it's beyond mind. Mm -hmm. Imagination is the mind trying to make something up. And these experiences are completely beyond that. And you, you can be in the experience of it. You just can't verbalize it very well. And it's, and you show up there, there's nothing to do there. It's just a being state. And my experience is once I get into these inner worlds, my best strategy is to chill and be fully passive because these these levels run themselves and once you're there you're an integral part of it you don't even feel like a separate being you are the field and and the field does what it does and since i'm on a path of service to other love and light high vibration you know the things that happen are wonderful and they they always serve the highest good of whoever's involved with whatever's happening right so uh so let me now try to bring that back to your initial question about how can you basically it's this the simplest way i can do as a strategy to embody the new earth is just basically you need to be as spiritually awake as you can because the more awake you are the more you will be the embodied divine in human form which knows what to do in order to do its very small part to bring about the great awakening and it's really important no one person has the full responsibility to make the whole thing happen. There are, I bet, hundreds of millions of light workers on the planet right now in human form. And everyone's doing their little thing. Everyone from just who's doing nothing externally, but they're just awakened. And I believe that even a person just sitting alone in a room awakened is transmitting that vibration and helping out just by being in that state and transmitting it just by the fact that they're there. And But what seems to happen more often is once you wake up, you start getting these little intuitive notes. Hey, wouldn't it be cool to do that? That would help the awakening or that would help this situation. And, and you just start to go into motion based on the inner guidance you start getting. So um, a lot, sometimes I work with clients and say, oh, I don't know what I should do to help. I say, well, just use this little tool to wake up and make that solid and reliable, make that your normal. Mm -hmm. And then the guidance will come because what you're called to do may not be what anyone else is called to do. That's nothing that characterizes the people who are in the state. They don't need to take instruction from outside themselves. They are self-reliant beings and they're getting a clear flow of guidance. They don't need to go to anyone else to find out what to do. They, they, they've got it, it's internalized. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think that's one of, the, one of the questions most people have or one of the uh, issues most people have is that they don't feel like they're getting clear messages, clear mm -hmm. intuitive, you know, hits about what they should be doing next, like what their next step is. They're not, they're not right. getting that. So they're trying to figure it out with the mind, mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't right. always work and it doesn't always feel good, right? So you've been doing this work for a long time, right? So if somebody's brand new who just starts doing the process now, like it might not, like it might be a while for them to get in, in tune with it, in rhythm with it, in sync with it, and then start to, you know, perceive uh, the intuitive knowing and so on, right? Yeah, it can be true. Although it, it's uh, there's no there's no rule of thumb on that. I've met mm -hmm. people who have just been tuned in from the moment they had conscious thinking, and they've always had the guidance. Some people have never had even a trace of it, um, and and everyone's kind of in a different place. But yeah. I would just say, um, if if there's a desire, if there is 
you know, if there's a desire within you to awaken or to help this great process on the planet, then you are capable of doing it. Don't doubt that you have the potential. Otherwise, the desire would not even exist. Right. That's my belief. Okay. Yeah. So then it's just a matter of finding out of all the zillions of tools and techniques and strategies out there, find the ones that work for you or the one that works for you and use it. And, you know, or if you choose, you know, some people choose a combination of stuff. It's mm -hmm. important though, not to, not to be too, too much of a dilettante. You know, there's an old bit of wisdom that says, if I dig 10 wells, six feet deep, I'm not likely to strike water, but one well, 60 feet deep will do it, you know? So make sure that whatever tool you've chosen, give it enough of a chance to work before you go jump off to the next one. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm a big fan of, you know, even when I give my tools and I work with clients that, wow, that's the most effective tool for awakening I've ever had. You know, I say, okay, fine. But if later a better one shows up, drop mine like a hot potato and use the new one. You know, <laughs> exactly. don't get stuck on a tool or a technique or a path. Use what's working the best right now. Be flexible. Yeah, and, exactly. And of course, the more awake you are, the more confident you are that you can move away from something that may have been wonderful for a while, but it's now outlived its usefulness. I've had to do that a number of times in recent years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the thing is, like with this process or any process, you have to do it. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. to take the time to actually do it, right? You can't just like, mm -hmm. yeah, I have the process, you know, but 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 be in your head and, and grumble, complain about all the stuff that's going on and not and not do anything about it, right? So right. a lot of times we get in our head about whatever's going on in our lives, but we don't remember to use our tools. And we, you know, let's mm -hmm. face it, all, all of us who are on these calls, we have a lot of tools, you know, yeah. and that's one of the things I tell my clients all the time, use this tool, use that tool. I've talked about this before, you, you know, use the tools. Even sometimes, you know, I forget, you know, we get caught up in it and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. I should have just used that tool and I would have been fine, yeah. right? So it's okay. That just just you know go back and say okay you know what where am I really come back to your heart space come back to your knowing come back to center and say okay I got distracted for a bit now I'm back let's let's move forward yeah. right yeah and and I have a philosophy about all that you know my opinion about just the whole journey of the soul is the game is rigged and everybody wins <laughs> you know because my my understanding of how reality works is we're each each of these human incarnations is just one out of a vast number of incarnations are going to be had by an evolving soul. And this is how the divine experiences itself. I mean, unity is awesome, but nothing's happening there, right? Yeah. So the divine chooses to make, you know, a prop, there's probably an infinite number of universes, but we'll just talk about the one we're in, okay? So the soul pops out, this, the divine says, I want to individuate and have this unique experience as an individuated, somewhat separate being. And then the soul goes through this journey that in human terms probably measures billions of years and probably the human incarnations are just the tiniest little part of it, okay? But here we are in human form. But no matter how sidetracked we get, how lost, how, how terribly we mess up in this lifetime, even if it ends in our physical death, guess what? More incarnations. And, you know, my understanding is since there's nothing but the divine anywhere, the only possible destination of any soul is back to unity. No matter how long it wanders, no matter how messed up it gets, there's only one possible way back, which is back to unity. So Okay, fine. Yes, we know that. Okay, we get yeah. that, that eventually we're all going to make it and it's all going to be good and fine. But here, right now in this mm -hmm. incarnation, you know, some of us are like, I don't want to come back. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I want to <laughs> I, I wanna enjoy, you know, this life now and I definitely don't want to come back, right? So right. enjoying life also means, you know, like, with our connection to spirit, doing our spiritual yeah. work, as well as enjoying physical embodiment, you know, like this oh, is yeah. why we're here, right? 
So, um, <laughs> yes, we know we're all going to go back. We, I get it. But for now, what, you know, what can we do to have, you know, more ease in our lives, more joy in our life? And at the same time, you know, we're, we are creator beings. We want to create. We want to be doing oh, yeah. things. We want to be expressing ourselves in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. a lot of times we've been stuck, right? We haven't been able to express ourselves the way that we would like, that we think we would like, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like some things just don't, are not working, you know, just not right. moving. Things are not shifting. So right. can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Yeah, and let me bring my two core invocations in here because these are the tools that I routinely give and I have confidence in them because I've given them thousands of times. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've worked with now about 9,000 clients and, and the feedback I get when people actually take these is almost universally positive. Mm -hmm. They say, when I actually do the thing, it works. It wakes yeah. me up or it clears away the heavy things. So um, what ayahuasca gave me is what has for about nine years now still held as the most efficient self-help tools I'm aware of for self-awakening and self-healing. Now, again, there may be better tools out there. I just don't know about them. Okay. Yeah. And I would love if anyone is aware, if they take this tool and try it out and they say, well, that's great, but I got this one that works better. Please tell me. Yeah. I'll happily jump tools if I find a better one. <laughs> but you know, here's, here's, what, here's what the tool is. Um, for embodied awakening, it, I alluded to this earlier, but all you would have to do is you would just say to your higher self, and, and let me just jump in. I'm assuming most of people who are hearing us believe in a higher self, the, yeah. the more spirit part that's sent down the incarnation, and after you die, you go back to it fully, okay? But basically, you, you talk to it, and you just say eight words, and the words are maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good, please. And then you just relax and you become totally passive and you're like a sponge and the divine is like water. And it just comes to the top of your head and it's, it saturates your body and how quickly it saturates depends on how open you are and how fully you're relaxing. But when I do it with people, it usually doesn't take but two or three minutes, if that. And then they'll, I'm, and then they saturate until finally the saturation is complete. And what the divine is doing is it's saturating you to the greatest extent that you can handle without overload. And the beautiful thing about the tool is that overload's not possible. Any of the invocations I give, you can fully open to them. You will be within your limit of, of being able to handle it, okay? Mm -hmm. So it comes in and then you get what I was talking about, you know, no mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful and effortless. And I have people who do it routinely say, man, I do it first thing in the morning, it takes five or 10 seconds bang, there it is, and I go about my business. And my instruction is do it first thing in the morning as soon as you think about it, and then only use it again if you need it. So if, if, if it lasts all day, you don't need to do it again that day. But if you realize that somebody, oh, there's mental chatter, there's challenging emotion, then repeat the eight words, let a breath come for a moment, and it comes right back. And what if you're among people? You can think the words, they still work. They don't have to be verbalized externally. And you can do it in full view of other people. They'll never even know you're doing anything. You know, just, but I say refresh the moment you realize it's gone, don't settle for less. And it gives you this new, more awesome baseline. So that's how to maintain embodied awakening, pure and simple. And, and we'll do that with your crew if you want here shortly. Mm -hmm. But may I describe the other invocation that's like the partner invocation for it? Yeah. Um, the, the other invocation is for healing. Okay, now I need to give a little background on this. I want people to have a conceptual understanding. Okay, so I, earlier I told the story of the incoming soul, right? Okay, so you're, you're, you're God and then 
God pops out this individual soul that goes through to get to human incarnations. Now, chances are this is not your first rodeo. Chances are you've had other reincarnations, okay? And in some of them, you died with unhealed wounds and trauma. So let's take that perfect soul. Let's look at it as a perfect clear ball of light, you know, ecstasy, bliss, euphoria. But every time there's an unhealed wound or trauma, oops, dark layer goes around it. And these start accumulating and it creates an onion. A dark, I call it the great onion of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so see the onion's building up. The the per, I mean the core you's already awake, it's already perfect, done. But you, the human, are not fully aware of it. So the other part I need to tell about the story is when you came into now, first off, there's exceptions. Some people came in awake and they stayed awake. These are not the ones I'm talking about. Uh, I certainly didn't have that luxury. Okay. So you come in and and people who want to learn more about this, there's an awesome book called Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. Mm-hmm. It describes the life between lives process for, to prepare for this incarnation. It's awesome. Okay. Anyhow, so the soul, as it comes into the body, splits off part of itself to come into the human, but part of it stays back to watch and drop hints, the hints we call intuition. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you come in here and and babies, little babies, they're, you can tell they're not all here. They're, they're in touch with other dimensions. But for the most part, those babies eventually close off. They become individuated beings. They forget their divinity, okay? Right. And, and at some point, we get to wake back up, which is great. But anyhow, here we are. But because, now let's go back to the onion metaphor. So why, I'm, why am I not in the middle of the onion? Because I deliberately separated myself from my soul and set this human up as a separate being that thought it was a different thing. And that's why I'm just outside the onion, looking in toward the middle of it. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so therefore, the degree to which I'm awake is the degree to which I can peel those layers off the onion and expose the light again. I think there's a Rumi quote in a poem. He said, seek not love, seek to remove the obstacles to love. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, that's awakening too. You're already awake at the core. Nothing to be done there. You just have to get rid of the the crap that's between you and your divinity. Okay. Absolutely. And that's that's where the shadow work comes in. And that's where the second invocation comes into play. And it's again seven words. A lot of lead up for seven words, but (laughs) here they are. You just say maximum healing that serves highest good, please. Yeah. And then you chill. Now, the first invocation for awakening, the follow-up to that is just breath awareness just totally passive, just letting the breath do whatever it wants, but just feeling the sensation. The healing invocation follow-up is you place your attention wherever the discomfort is. So for most people, most of the time, it's the heart chakra. It's an emotional thing. But this can be used for emotional challenge and or physical pain. I've had people with that like years of chronic physical pain. We did an invocation for it. That pain that plagued them for years was like gone in two or three minutes. Okay. So everything is energetic at the root. Okay, so th- these invocations work at that root level, and once that root's pulled up, all the symptoms at the physical, emotional, mental, psychological level, they just wither and die. So that stuff just falls away. So now, so you, you say maximum healing that serves highest good, please. You rest your attention wherever the discomfort is. It's mm-hmm. going to be somewhere in your body. And here's the trick also. You do this with the minimum effort that gets the job done. If you're over-concentrating, you're going like that you actually are resisting the full, the full divine because your excessive effort is like putting out waves that push it back. Right. You want to kind of play, okay, what's you know, a little more effort, a little less effort, you want to play with it, say, okay, what's the least effort I can use to fully feel this challenging energy? 
and and then you just merge with it you give it your or you give it your full attention whatever phraseology you like and you are it you give it your 100 percent unfiltered attention and and basically this shines a spotlight and you basically say okay divine i called you to heal and because i'm focusing here this is where i want you to go and by holding attention very gently very persistently wherever the pain is the divine goes in there and what what happens very quickly is the divine basically stirs it up and flushes it out uh, the heavy energy goes out the hands it goes out the feet sometimes it radiates out into space and kind of orbs of like an exploding supernova but it leaves somehow mm -hmm. uh, there are some cases where instead it it transforms it transmutes to love and light and stays which is also good but right. it just does what it does the, your human self is not making any decisions it's just watching what's happening and so basically the the stuff starts flushing out again it might be intense it might be uncomfortable but it's worth a few minutes of discomfort if that thing that's been bothering you for years is flushed out for good which is for usually sure. what happens yeah so that's the basic now there are some some nuances of that healing vacation i could go into but you might want to take us in a new direction right now <laughs> no that was awesome and you know the thing is i was going to ask so when we are making these declarations you know who who are we declaring them to the ourself the divine yep. and you just mentioned it's the divine right oh let me let me elaborate on that okay so I like to say it to my higher self, mm -hmm. but I've learned the divine could care less what you call it. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's some beautiful teachings in India. I'm a Bhagavan. They, it was called Oneness University. Now they're calling it Oh No Academy. But in one of their lectures, they said, give the divine whatever face most pleases you. Mm -hmm. It will happily take that face. The divine is, you know, it just is what it is. And whatever personality or image you want to ascribe to it that's most comfortable for you use that so if you're invoking and you have like an ascended master or an archangel you have a special relationship with call that being to do it it doesn't matter it's all the same divine yeah you know you're clothing it with a face and an image that pleases your personality and then if that works best for you then give it that image mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. So, so what higher self is the default, but you feel free to substitute, you know, Jesus or Buddha or Krishna or whoever, whoever you want to call on, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then just step out of the way, you know? Yeah, the passivity at the end is super important. Here, mm -hmm. Here's why. Because if I've called this stuff in and then I try to help beyond passive witnessing, I just activated the free will thing, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm and the divine is super sensitive and it says okay he called me to help i'm halfway through it oh oh darn they're trying to do it themselves they're trying to heal themselves or awaken themselves and that like eh, eh, and the divine is forced to pull back and stop mm -hmm. or, or, or do less and basically if your ego is trying to do it for itself then the divine has to pull back and let you try because free will is honored as a prime directive of the universe and but, you so you'll yeah so, so let me let me explain. there are some techniques for healing and awakening that do involve ego-based visualization and effort and the ego's doing stuff mm -hmm. and those tools obviously work okay this technique takes a totally yin passive approach so for this technique to be of maximum effectiveness the person who's doing it must become as passive as possible and the good news is if you real oh i'm efforting the moment you stop efforting the divine's right back doing it again Mm -hmm. you know they're just waiting for the moment you chill again and they're right back in, in the game so awesome. that's kind of how i observe it working over the years yeah and i i wanted to add that in because i know there are so many healers on the call right and so you know like we'll just like 
want to add our own healing to it too. <laughs> so like, no, don't do anything, right? Well, uh, that's my, but you know what? You got your whole life to try stuff. <laughs> And then the, the downside is pretty slim. I mean, if you, if you do it in a way that's not optical, it just won't work as well or won't work at all. Yeah. So I encourage people who, well, what if I try this? I say, try it, see what happens. Exactly. You know? yeah. And if it works better, then, then keep your variation. And if what you tweaked didn't make it work better, then go back to the basic tool. Yeah. You know, try awesome. it. You got Good. free will. All right. So I just wanted to ask if anybody has any questions about what we've talked about so far or anything else. Um, you can type in the chat or you can raise your hand. Uh, does it collapse the standing wave? I have no idea what they're talking about. So Linda, <laughs> if, you could, if you could give me a little more context on that, I, I, I honestly don't know what standing wave you're referring to. So you'll need to give me a little more information before I can Go ask. ahead, Linda. Okay, it's like um, in the quantum field, oh, there's hold a standing on, Linda. wave. Do you, have two, do you have two things going on? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it's um, fine now. It's fine now. Go ahead. Okay. In the quantum field, there's a standing wave. And um, usually, like in matrix energetics, when you t go to touch someone, and even you don't even have to touch them, you just mm -hmm. get inside of their um, field, and it's like a standing wave that goes down. Is that kind of like what you're talking about with the onion and the, um, the dark um, circles around it? I'm honestly not sure. I'm so unfamiliar with that kind of thinking and terminology. I can't make a comparison based on what you just told me. So okay. I'll have to ask you to work that out for yourself. I just and I would say, I would say, Linda, get out of your head. It's because it's not that complicated. No, I know it isn't, honey. So just but get I out of your head. Don't think okay. about it. Just be passive. And because the, there were no dark circles around the onion that Benjamin mentioned. Well, he was talking about the shadows. Oh, well, well actually. Well, there are, there are, there are the, Shadows. in other words, the great onion of consciousness is the core of pure divinity. And then the layers of wounding and pain each create a layer around that. So you get a big dark encirclement around the core of life. Got it. Okay. And, See, and my premise that. is that you're just outside it and your healing invocations peel those layers one by one and the light gets brighter and brighter. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. And one, one effect I didn't mention, you know, there's a lot of nuances to this healing invocation. You don't have to know them to do it, but I've, I've seen a lot of, I've got a lot of insight over the years of doing it. What's cool is halfway, about halfway through the healing invocation, at first it's just, it feels kind of unpleasant because there's this un, old wounds being flushed up and stirred away, which may be intense, but again, it never too much. But partway through, you start to realize, wow, I'm feeling kind of good around the edges. It's like around the edges of my body, there's a little subtle bliss starting to rise. And what then progressively happens is as the heavy stuff keeps flushing, there's less and less awareness of discomfort and more and more awareness of rising bliss. And at some point they cross over, the bliss outweighs the discomfort. And by the time, if, you, if a healing invocation is allowed to run its full you know, time, and then it, it'll stop itself when it's done, it's automated, then what you realize is, wow, I, most often I have no awareness at all of that discomfort anymore, it's totally gone, down to zero but I, am, I just feel like I took some amazing drug. I'm in a beautiful altered state. I'm, I'm, and most people at that point are perceiving themselves more as a being of energy than a being of flesh. The body's still there, it just feels like energy, okay? And, and basically, even the peeling of one layer of that onion is enough 
to make that big a shift of altered state. And the reason it comes up incrementally is the onion just doesn't go all at once. It starts cracking and the lights start shining through the cracks and shards start falling away and more and more light is exposed as that layer peels. And so there's a progressive gradual rising of bliss as the healing process moves forward. Awesome, thank you. Yeah. Um, Debbie, you have your hand raised, but you have no mic. You only have the camera right now. So if you can figure out how to get your mic going, that'd be awesome. Um, in the meantime, Caroline, you had a question? Hi. Hi. Hi, Caroline. Hello. I listened to your earlier May show earlier. So I'm kind of, you know, in the energy already. Um, awesome. But I, yeah, I, I sat here and did, uh, maximum embodiment and and i felt the wave come through and then in my heart and it it i used to call it anxiety now i know now i i know it's expansion but it feels it feels like 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 a thumping around my high heart is what it feels and oh um, what I was going to say is every time you mention something about ayahuasca or mm. being on some cool drugs or I've always, I've only ever tried, um, regular pot and it's so not for me because it feels like I have what they call bad trips because I already feel so much. So yeah. what's that fear of? Is that a fear of expansion or a fear of drugs? It's, it's a fear nonetheless. So what is that? Uh, what is, what is something about, uh, I have to take ayahuasca to, to, to get to God or- I Oh, have no, to no, take, no, 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 that's know, not, no, let me, let me give you context for what I'm speaking of. Um, I know many people who are just naturally super empathic and sensitive and many of them, I have no need for ayahuasca or any other substance because I'm already there, dude. I don't need any help, okay? And in a way, I envy those people because of all the years of, of work I had to do to get to that level, okay? I started so numb. I was like thick as a brick. I tried for decades following a guru and then doing Vipassana Buddhism, putting a lot of effort. I just want to wake up. I just want to wake up and never made any more than a baby step in. I mean, and for me, as dense and thick, my astrology chart has so much earth. I was just so grounded. I needed blasting caps. And that's what ayahuasca and San Pedro were for me in my early years. They just, they said, we're just clearing that stuff away. And sometimes it was excruciating with, with the, the pain I went through as that stuff was cleared away in ceremony. Sometimes it was blissful. Sometimes it was agonizing, you know, but the thing about the plant spirit work, what I say to people is, you know, if you're not ready to be deep in your own most painful, difficult past wounding for hours on end with no way out but through, then you have no business doing plant spirit work. I mean, it's, it's fast and it, I don't know of anything that gets this stuff cleared faster, but there is commensurate intensity, okay? So, but for me, I was just, I, I, ever since I had a little bit of a out-of-body experience at 17, I was just all bent on waking up and I was willing to do whatever it took to get there. So for me, that was a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies, a lot of San Pedro ceremonies, a lot of blasting cap sort of to get the stuff open for me. Now, what you're talking about, I believe is, you know, it is natural for the ego that hasn't, if you haven't had a full radiant experience of your divinity yet, then the ego will be fearful. And, it, and, and there is a, in a sense, the first full awakening is like an ego death. Because all of a sudden you realize 
I am pure awareness and I'm not any, I'm not even close to that body anymore. I'm so far beyond that body, that person, I am just pure isness. Okay. And, and once you get there, you realize how awesome it is. And eventually your, your human self will become not, not killed, but what I call housebroken. It'll, it'll voluntarily say, yeah, I want some more of that. That feels really good. That makes my life easier as a human ego. But before that happens, there is a natural, just primal terror of dying and losing control because that for many people, that's all they've experienced yet. And that's why when I, when I lead people into this first awakening invocation, I use the metaphor of driving a car. I say, look, your ego has been driving. It's going to voluntarily slide to the passenger seat and your divine's going to drive at your invitation. But if at any moment you do not like the way the divine is driving, you can slide right over, take the wheel. And just like that, your ego's back in control. And this process is reversible anytime down the road. So I make a really big deal out of assuring that ego, you are safe, this is an experiment, it's reversible, you're in no danger. I just, I go to great lengths to let that ego know that it is safe and all, all that stuff I just said. So um, if anything I just said helps you, um, I hope that's of some help. It does, I've, I've gone to a few smudging ceremonies where, you know, I completely out and oh. through through the goal through the central sun and just in bliss right uh -huh. and then coming back in and i've had a few of those experiences on, on my horse as well it's it's just when i think of of doing the drugs uh that 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 it's a control thing it's yeah yeah control, control not being in control. control yeah not being yeah, and, uh, and it may not be a right path for you. I, I didn't come on the show to promote ayahuasca. I'm just yeah. sharing some of the experience that got me. This is not about ayahuasca today, really. Yeah. But I will tell you, if you are going to do ayahuasca work, you will not be in control. Exactly. You taking that medicine is your agreement with ayahuasca. For the next few hours, you're in control of me. You get to do whatever you want, and I have no say about it. Yeah. And you just have to trust that the ayahuasca has your best interest at heart and, and you know, that you're in safe, safe, sacred space while it's happening. But gives it is me, a complete gives me anxiety home. just thinking about it. <laughs> and maybe it may not be your thing. Yeah, it may not be your thing. I mean, <laughs> I only just did it in December of last year for the first time. You know, so Ayahuasca? Yeah. Yes. December, oh, wow. a, a weekend here in Salzburg area. You know, so that was the first time I did it. And it's like, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know, there were some not fun moments, but then there were some really blissful moments. So, you know. So, but, but look at, I, I survived, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, we think something bad is going to happen to us or we're going to lose control. We're not going to be the same person or, or something like that. But I, you've been seeing me since December. I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> I'm still here, right? So, so. Yeah, I've, uh, on my end, I've done about 200 plant spirit ceremonies over about 15 years. Yeah, and for me, <laughs> with the way I was set up, they're the best things I've ever done. I don't think anything else could have opened me up as fast and as potent. I could not be doing the work I'm doing today had it not been for those experiences. Yes, yeah. a lot of people love it. I was like, eh. So it just depends. Yeah, so if there's no mandate to do anything like that, these yeah. tools I'm giving today for many people will be, you know, will be plenty. Yeah, yeah so hopefully that helps, Caroline. Thanks, sweetie. Thank you, Benjamin. Um, Thanks for thank you. So Karen has a question about, uh, she said, my left foot is really quite painful now. Can I try this just now? Yeah, just try the maximum healing that serves the highest good, please, mm -hmm. and just focus on your foot. 
She says, I don't want to maybe share anything negative released. No. But in fact, uh, just, I mean, I, I just now silently called my allies and my allies are now here holding sacred space for everyone who's hearing this, whether they're live or on the recording. And, and they're gonna make sure that no, no heavy energy released by any person will be picked up by anyone else. Basically, when you release the heavy energy, it basically wants to go right down into the earth for Mother Earth, Pachamama, Agaya, whatever you want to call her. Um, she loves heavy energy. It's like a treat for her. Um, it makes sure, but our, our heavy energy is like chocolate to her. <laughs> so just give it to the earth. She'll be happy to take it and um, just, just let it flush. Yeah. So not to worry, Karen. Just maximum healing that serves highest good, please. Focus on your painful foot and just mm -hmm. be, just be passive. Don't try and do anything. Yeah. Okay. I just did it, you know, while we were talking, I was doing it for my back, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, just as we were talking, Benjamin was talking, Caroline was talking, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do that. And that, that's all I did. And right now my back's not hurting at all. So it's like, awesome. <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, so, so just try it. Um, all right. So Benjamin, I also wanted to talk about this new invocation to call in our next level of evolution. And a lot of people are, you know, want to move into their next level of evolution. Mm -hmm. Some people, they think they know what it is. A lot of people uh -huh. don't know what it is, but some people think they know what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And it's never what you think it's going to be, is it? I'm not in my experience. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not saying it can, maybe it could happen somehow, but that's not been my experience. I'm never going to say anything can't happen because yeah. some people have unique abilities or experiences that are beyond me, okay? But um, I think what Ajashanti said, if it's an awakening you're expecting, it's not a real awakening. I think pretty much holds true for the most part. Yeah. Um, but this is the, I mean, it's very simple, really. Um, when I do my own sittings at my Mesa, um, when, what I do is I'll, I'll go through processes where, I, where I'm calling for the release of what doesn't serve me, and then I'm calling for the bringing in of whatever I'm calling, and usually it's abundance on all levels you know, in every way that serves highest good. Mm -hmm. And then after I've done that, <clears throat> then I just say three words. I say, highest good, please. And I let go. And that's when the stuff happens that takes me to my next level. Now, one could specifically invoke <clears throat> next level of what I've, I'm even forgetting the phrase you just used that, I, that we got. Um, next level of evolution yeah. okay let me explain i need to explain how the invocations are a template and how you can plug in the call for next level of evolution <clears throat> one thing that ayahuasca helped me understand when she gave me this tool let me just drink some water here real quick mm -hmm. take your time so here now we're talking about the next level of evolution and so i know that a lot of us are waiting for that or wanting to bring that forward so that we can be of greater service mm -hmm. to humanity right. and the planet okay. <laughs> All right, so, so the invocation is a formula, it's a template. It's maximum, fill in the blank, that serves highest good place. Now, the two core invocations I use, we plug in the words embodied awakening and we plug in the word healing, mm -hmm. okay? So that's, those are, I think, the two most important in my experience. However, one could say maximum movement into next level of my evolution that serves highest good place. And you could specifically call that. Uh, you could also call bliss or erotic energy or physical vitality or immunity or whatever energy you want because in my experience all those energies are on tap up there 24 7 and you can literally call in any flavor of energy you want or experience that 
you know, this is, this is energetic shift. This is not law of attraction where I'm calling in a new car or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is just calling for an energetic shift internally. Okay. And so you can call whatever you want. And based on what I've experienced, the divine is actually required to send in whatever energy you, you call it. In other words, it has to take it as far as the top of your head. Now, whether it gets past there is up to you, the human. <laughs> so are you fully passive? Are you fully surrendering to it? Are you resting in a simple focus that is not mental? One thing I should probably emphasize here that I haven't put emphasis on yet is when you're in a receiving process and an invocation, all thought is to be considered as distraction, no matter how helpful that thought is or seems to be. Because when you're in this particular process, it's all energetic, it's all somatic. There is no room for mental stuff. So basically, you treat thoughts or any other distractions as uninvited guests, and you let them do their thing in the background, but you return your attention to your focus, whether it's breath or sensation, and you just ignore everything else. You don't fight it, you don't try to change it, you just let it do its thing and you do your thing, because it's not you. In, in our way of thinking, it's uninvited guest, whereas you're doing your focus. So basically you just come to your attention on what you're doing and you just hold it there and the thing happens. So basically that you can call in your next level of evolution or whatever you're calling. And to the degree that you are fully open, fully passive, fully allowing the divine to do it for you because awakening, healing, next level evolution, these are not things we humans can do for ourselves very well or at all. Okay. You know, I've learned that Benjamin is just the drooling dunce in the corner compared <laughs> to the brilliance and power of my higher self mm -hmm. so so anything my higher self can do for me i i call that in and i just chill and let it be done through me okay so now that that again is speaking from the perspective of a separate being more and more of my experiences i just am that in this body um but if you're not yet in that integrated state which also itself is relative and has levels to it okay mm -hmm. um but you know just if you if your experience actually is you're separate from the divine, you're not integrated yet, then call it as if it's a separate being to do it for you. And you can call in next level evolution. And now the tricky part, of course, from the mind is but there's no way to even conceive of what that next level is. You may have a vague idea or concepts, but I'll promise you when you actually hit that next level, it won't be what you were expecting. Yeah. There's just every awakening I've had has been completely a surprise. Adishanti just nailed that. Okay. Yeah. So I encourage you to release any expectation of what it is, whatever the next level of evolution is. I call that now. And um, now let me also speak to a nuance of phrasing that the invocation is it's maximum, whatever that serves highest good. Okay. Now the words highest good first is a shorthand for my highest good and the highest good of everyone affected by what I'm doing. You know, I come from an absolute service to other, love and light, highest, you know, everyone wins perspective. I'm on the path of light, okay? So you want everyone to benefit from what you're doing, okay? So that's part of it, and I'm, I'm actually spacing out what the other part was, because um, <laughs> I'm all of a sudden I'm full of light. <laughs> so I hope that was a, a helpful little uh, extrapolation on that. So basically, oh, it was, I'm coming back to it now. The idea is you won't be able to conceive what that is. And when I do that at my Mesa, where I just say highest good, please, which isn't my way of saying, kind of give me to the next level of my evolution. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what it's going to be. And what basically, I'm awake to a certain degree, which is way more awake than I've been before, but not nearly as awake as I could be. 
my sense is I'm such a, you know, I'm, there's so much more of me out there that I'm not yet aware of that I am aware of. I'm grateful for what I have, but there's always room for growth. There's an old saying, the biggest room in the world is room for improvement. <laughs> and that, that's my belief about awakening too. So basically I'm saying, I now call to the parts of myself that I am not yet awake to, who know what my next level is that Benjamin has no clue about. And I want you to bring that to me now to the greatest extent that serves highest good. You know, I'm eager for it, I desire it. And at the same time, I also don't want to get overloaded. Yeah. That's why those, those phrases like highest good, you know, are always in there because I don't want to get, if I were all of a sudden to be given the full awareness of the universe, I'd probably explode or something. That's what I much. was, yeah, I said that the other day because <laughs> somebody wanted, was wondering why they're not receiving more. And it's like, you, you know, you can't receive everything at once and you're not capable of your, you know, the energy circuitry in your body and being is not set up yet to receive yeah. more. So you're going to receive right. as much as you can. Yeah, and that's why I'm, yeah, that's why I'm such a huge fan of shadow work. That's why the healing invocation is there. If yeah. you want to know how to wake up more deeply, watch what bothers you in your daily life. <laughs> you know, what irritates you? What is getting you, and what causes a negative emotion to come up? If you'll then take that and do shadow work around it, and if you want to use my tool to say maximum healing that serves highest good, please, and rest in the, the bad feeling that brought up, the divine will flush that layer. Layer peels off the onion, the light's a little brighter and just layer by layer. You know, I expect to do onion peeling until the day I die. Oh, don't say that to Caroline. Caroline's gonna be like, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't wanna keep doing it forever. Well, tell you what, <laughs> once you actually do it a few times and you realize every time I do a round, I wake up some more and my bliss gets greater and my new baseline of consciousness is more ecstatic. Like I say, bring, bring it on. It on. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to do as much shadow work as is needed to. Because that, in my experience, you know, when I do an ayahuasca ceremony, when I have the biggest awakenings, it's because I just went through the most grueling ordeal. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and this I give as encouragement to those who are having a tough time. The more intense the challenge, the bigger the awakening that follows it. I just yeah. watched, there's a great Bashar documentary on Netflix right now, the, mm. the channel. And, um, and he calls it the slingshot effect. He said, you know, the further you get pulled back, the more challenging it is the farther you go once you watch. <laughs> I you have know? to agree with that. You know, uh, yeah. yesterday was National or International Suicide Awareness Day, or it's mm -hmm. probably International Suicide Awareness Week, you know, mm -hmm. and so most people know this, but you know, like two years ago in May, I had, I was, I was suicidal. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I was done, you know, um, it's all, it's all good now. But, but the thing is after that, you know, that another friggin' dark night of the soul, you know, a lot has happened, a lot of awakening, a lot of change, a lot of expansion, yeah. a lot of growth, you know, and then earlier this year, I started getting that again, a little bit, mm -hmm. and again in May, it's like, what the heck happens in May? So I have to look at that. And, um, but I, I, I caught it quicker, so I didn't have to go that yeah. deep. But still, again, so much is changing, you know, and mm -hmm. so I, I'm, you know, I guess I'm stubborn in some ways, but at least you know, the, the change is happening, the growth is happening, all that wonderful stuff. But, you know, always remember that those dark moments, those dark times, those challenges, those struggles, you know, in the moment it might look really, really bad and so on, but mm -hmm. see, see how far you've come, you know, from, yeah. that, from that place, right? See how far you've come. And so it, it does, 
like I, I don't wish anybody to to go through that and experience that. I really don't. But you know, any challenges you have, just go through it, breathe through it, do these processes or anything else, and know that you'll come out the other side and it'll be even better than you could imagine. You know? It is. Yeah. The greater the, the challenge, the greater the the awakening that follows it. Yeah. Can I can I share something that I, that relates to that? Sure. Um, it may be many of us are not doing stuff just for ourselves anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. What I've discovered, what I've observed is there's there's three basic levels to to processing heavy energy. At first, it is it may just be your own stuff, and and you're just working through your own personal karma from this life or past lives. But at a certain point, if you get clear enough, you'll start working on your family lineage. Yeah. You know, you'll start clearing for your ancestors and even future people. Okay. And you do enough of that, and then you get good at this stuff, you may start clearing for absolute strangers. I've had ceremonies where I remember one ceremony where all of a sudden I felt just this crushing sense of just futility and just depression. And, mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, a 10 ton weight on my psyche. And I realized I have never in my whole life felt anything like this. This is not mine. But what I realized is, okay, I am being given a tremendous service opportunity here. Some other being or beings cannot deal with this and it's being assigned to me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, it took me half an hour and really intense ceremonial work. This was in an ayahuasca ceremony and I, I eventually cleared it. Um, another, the ayahuasca, in an earlier ceremony, she has a sense of humor. When I was being taught to process heavy energy in my body in these ceremonies, it arose, the teaching arose spontaneously uh, I saw in the ayahuasca vision a dump truck beep, beep, backing up to me and it starts raising its bed and all this icky sludge. I mean, just imagine, you know, yeah. semi-liquid sewer sludge and it all comes down on top of me and I, it's mine. You know, it's from everyone else in the ceremony. You know? mm -hmm. And my job is, and sure enough, I knew what to do and I just kind of turned on the transmutation engine and within a few minutes it was all processed. But some of us are called to to process for others. It's don't take it personally because it may not even be your stuff. But I will promise you this, the universe yeah. is fair and you will not be given more than you can handle. Now, sometimes you'll be given something, say, okay, I, got, I have the tools and techniques for that, I can process through. Sometimes you get it with something and say, I don't know what to do with this, it's sticking mm -hmm. around. You still can deal with it, but now your technique is to find internally or externally that tool that will help you process that. Yeah. But it, it's a fair game. There's no cheating. You won't be given more than you can actually do. Okay. So trust that if you feel overwhelmed, all you need to do is go find the tool or technique or, or whatever that will help you process that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's fine. You know, some people go to people and they take it away for them. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm the fan when people come to me for shamanic healing, I'll always first see if I can guide them to do it for themselves. I give the classic, okay, I can hand you a fish and you'll eat today, but I'd rather teach you to fish so you can eat for the rest of your life. Mm. Let me teach you how to be your own shaman. It's so easy. Anyone can do it, in a, in a sense, in a very basic way. <laughs> so, so I always encourage people if they're in a difficult situation, see if you can learn how to do it yourself. I mean, if you're just truly feeling overwhelmed and you cannot do it, then, then find someone to take that load off you and yeah. get you light enough that you can then learn how to do it for yourself. But I sincerely believe anyone who is afflicted and having a really tough time in, with something, they are being called to a higher level of their own power. I believe intense challenge 
is specifically designed to encourage you to wake up to a new higher level of your own beingness. I mean, in your own case. I'm awake, I'm you, awake. I, I just want to yeah, say, I'm I, mean, awake. I don't need we, to wake up anymore, but no, I'm kidding. But we do, you know what? <laughs> then, then let me just ask you a question. After you, after you got past your own suicidal period, mm -hmm. did you not feel more powerful and full of light for having yes. gone through that? Yeah. And did it not yeah. take you up a significant level from where you were before? Absolutely. Yeah. So I say, if you are being severely challenged, take it as a compliment. The universe is saying you have tremendous potential and we need to give you significant catalyst to launch you to this next level it's time for you to get to. Because mm -hmm. I'll remind people, we've got a global awakening on. You know, it is, the earth is shifting. I mean, the earth is fine. We humans are the laggards. Yeah. So, sure. so we are being called, every one of us, to embody the highest vibration we can, to be as awake as possible. And then we help lift up our brothers and sisters just by being that way. Like I said earlier, just being awake is service. You know, it's interesting. Every Thursday night, I do a free call. It's called New Earth Support, where anyone can get on the Zoom call with us. And, and I, we do a little guided process, takes less than an hour. But we, you know, we call sacred space. And then we say, Divine, we're here to serve. How can we help with the New Earth thing? And what almost always happens now is we're just sort of taken into a new consciousness and we're told be passive, just be. And what we're, what I'm learning is just the fact that an embodied human has showed up and willing to share its consciousness, the energy of its, of its embodied being, the divine then takes that energy and uses it. So it rarely happens that we humans are called to do particular techniques or strategies. We're called just to be there. Mm -hmm. And then our consciousness is used to fuel the great global process. So it's fascinating. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Linda had a question about, uh, I think she's still here. She, she wants to know if you have a breathing technique that works for everyone. Well, um, sort of. I would say <laughs> that, you know, I would not call the invocations a breathing technique, mm -hmm. but they do involve breath awareness. I would say I have an invocation technique. Now, I would not claim that it works for everyone because there's probably people who would have no benefit from it. I can just say that the overall feedback I've gotten after doing it for years and years is the vast majority of the people who actually give it a fair shot have a positive experience from it. Yeah. So, but I, I would not claim to have something that works for everyone. You yeah. Know? I wish, but probably not. Uh, and Karen saying, um, I do have fear of more clairsentience. I'm so empathic. I'm going I'm to address that, or I'm going to get Benjamin to address that in a second, but maybe seeing okay. spirits, possibly, etc. Sorry to sound cowardly, but I was told I was burned at the stake. I was too. I was hanged. My neck was cut off, you know, yep. all that stuff. Um, and that's maybe why I have fear. I also tried to commit suicide 30 years ago, and I learned much from it. So one thing, one of the things that Karen said, and I just, you know, the whole empathic part, mm -hmm. okay? We are all empathic, right? But, but being empathic can be a gift, not a curse. Totally. Can be a blessing and not a curse, right? So I'm empathic and, and you know, like we all are. So like when I'm doing work with the, you know, all of you on the call or my group calls or whatever, I, I can sense what is going on in people, you know, what they're going through emotionally or physically or whatever, but just because, or I see it, whatever, but just because I do, I don't let it affect me, who I am, you know, so I recognize that it's not mine, it's somebody else's, and then I do the process and whatever, and then it's done. Then I clear myself, of course, and then it's done, and so I don't hold on to it, right? 
And so when it comes to, so that's one part, uh, Benjamin, I hope we could just address that a little bit. Am I, like, I think I'm right. I think we're all empathic and it, it, is a, and it can be a blessing and not a curse. It doesn't have to be a problem per se. You know, and it's not a label that I, I actually do anything with. You know, it's like, I don't like labels because it puts you into a box, you know? Mm -hmm. So yes, we're all empathic. Yeah, we all have gifts. Yeah, we all can see and feel and so on, but use that for the good of everyone. Yeah, let, let me, I've, I've worked with, I, I seem to attract so many empathic clients. I, I just, and I had to learn to be, now I frankly was not very empathic when I was young. I mm -hmm. had to get it, the plant spirits to make me that way. But with Karen and all the other gazillions of people who are empathic and waking up, I'll say, Karen, the trick is to actually go deeper. And let me explain why. Um, if you're empathic, but not yet in embodied awakening, you're like a sponge, but a dry sponge. And a dry sponge will soak up any kind of water, dirty or clean. Mm. The, the unawakened empath tends to pick up everyone else's psychic garbage, their fear, their anger, all the negative emotions, and they tend to not even know how to release them too. So being an unawakened empath can be really miserable, okay? And yet, as I've learned when I do astrology charts and I see, oh, you're empathic because of the Neptune or the Pisces or the 12th house stuff or whatever, you know, there's no way to, the only way to turn it off is not good ways. You would have to numb yourself out through drugs or alcohol or, or prescription stuff. And that's not a good approach in my opinion, if you can avoid that. Basically what I say is embrace your sensitivity and use whatever tool works, whether it's my embodied awakening invocation or whatever it does that, get your higher self in your body, get embodied awake. That this is a sea change in how the empathic sensitivity works because now once your awakened self is in you, suddenly instead of a, a, a sponge sucking up everyone else's garbage, you turn into a radiant sun shining divine love and light out in all directions and first off that externalizing force tends to blow back a lot of that crap you were picking up in the first place okay and also a shift happens once you get embodied awakening most of your awareness is not your human self anymore the majority of your awareness is this awareness of a pervasive peace and flow and ease and harmony it doesn't have thought but it's just unshakably peaceful. Nothing that could ever happen would disturb this peacefulness. And now you are conscious of it all the time. Now, therefore, if the human part of you is having, like I'm feeling so sensitive, now you have this higher intelligence driving the car, so to speak, and which can then take action to assist you, okay? Or your human self can remember where he's like, oh, I have this ally right here next to me, as part of me, and I've got it I'm like my healing invocation. I can just say that I'm, I've picked up this heavy energy, would you just flush it out? And you just ask it to flush, it flushes. And within a short time, you can be clear of whatever was bothering you. Now, okay. as a, when I work as a shaman um, or a, a, I'm leading spiritual processes, I am also super empathic and I'm feeling, well, if I work with an individual client, I am feeling in my body what's happening in theirs to the degree that I need, I'm not saying I'm having as vivid an experience as they are, but I'm feeling enough of it to know what's happening. And I can feel sad, oftentimes I'll cry because there's a sadness arising, but there's, I guess what I'm saying is I'm able to feel all the emotions that they're feeling, but there's absolutely no suffering because I'm solid enough in my awakening that I can feel these things and not be bothered by them. So when you wake up, you become even more empathic 
and strangely, you don't get bothered by it. And that's the key distinction. When you get into a body awakening, you're still sensitive, even more so, and there is no suffering. And you now have the ability to assist others through your empathic sensitivity to assist in their healing or because now, even if you're not doing outright healing, you can more so much more easily. You know, unconditional love is a byproduct of awakening. It just arises spontaneously. And then you can just hold unconditional love, which itself can be a tremendous healing force, even if there's no explicit healing happening. So, mm -hmm. so the, so empaths, you know, I've never met an empath who could successfully and positively shut off their sensitivity. Okay, but I've helped many to go deeper and get the embodied awakening happening, and then they discover, oh my God, all that sensitivity that seemed like such a burden to me, oh, I get it now. It's my greatest gift. This is what's now allowing me to live in a state of bliss and ecstasy and be able to flow light and love to other beings. And I get it now. I've had to just get to the level where I turned it on in the positive way it's meant to be used. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Karen says, wow, amazing. I must trust more also. Yeah. And you know what? Until you get comfortable with your clairsentience or clairvoyance or whatever, just tell your Tell your team, your higher self, your guides, I don't want to see anything bad. I, I, I never see anything bad because I told them up front, I don't want to see that kind of stuff. I don't work with that stuff. I only work with light. I only work with the good stuff. I'm chicken, <laughs> okay? So <laughs> that's why I, I don't like to do entity clearing and things like that. So I go to my shaman teacher who does that work for me because like, I don't want to go there, you know? Mm. It's like, I, I will do this stuff. You take care of that. Yeah. So, and you know. I saw that Karen says she must trust more. Um, in a way, but the great thing about these tools, the the invocation tools, is they prove themselves. You don't have to trust or have faith that they work. You try them, and they work or they don't. Yeah. You know. And I but, believe but, if but, someone but give them a fair them shot. Fair, you know, give them yeah. a fair shot. So, yeah. So so they'll they'll prove themselves. I I never want anyone to take on faith anything I say. Yeah. You know. So uh, I just did the period. healing one again while we were talking yeah. because I had this little thing in my you know, shoulder blades, you know, it's like, okay, I mean, I was like, just while we're talking, I'm just going to do that. And it's gone, you know? Well so, you know, <laughs> so if I can do these little things just while I'm on the, cause you know, the, you know, my body is like, uh, lately, <laughs> but if I can have more ease in my body, just by saying one little invocation and getting my head out of the way, I mean, I focused a teeny weeny bit, you know, just, yeah. that was, that was it, you know? And yeah, you're holding multiple points of awareness. Part of you is here yeah. managing the call, the other parts doing the process. And when you hit a certain level of awakening, you can be conscious in two or more places at the same time spontaneously. Yeah. And suddenly you're able to do more things because you can literally be more places at once. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lovely <laughs> side effect. Yeah. So, so Linda, uh, one second, Caroline. Linda says, yes, I felt all these in my body, which was great. Good. See, so Linda also tried the healing and felt it. Um, Karen says, great, thank you so much to both of you. Many blessings. Actually, my foot is not as sore. Awesome, good. Oh, keep doing it, okay? Keep doing it. Go ahead, Caroline. I was just gonna say, I've, I did it too, because I sit all day here, as you know, my mm -hmm. other job. Yeah. And um, I've been getting pains on the muscle side, which says, get up, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I really wanted to be here, and, and I have this pain. As soon as I go a little bit forward, it's like, ow, the muscle just cramps. So I did it and I'm fully forward and <laughs> whatsoever. Yay! Yay! I love it. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was the healing one. So I want you all to also try the embodied awakening one and also do the, you know, next evolution one as well. That one, you'll have to choose whatever you want to do, but you know, Oh, okay. So I was going to ask that. So the next evolution one, I, I thought maybe I had misheard. So we're, we're filling in the blank for... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maximum, you could, if you wanted to really make it concise, maximum next level evolution deserves highest good, please. Because I'm about to retire from my, from my day job and, and cool. work my gifts full time. So I'm just wondering how I would... How okay, I so would... Caroline, Benjamin just said it. Maximum, next evolution, that serves highest good, please. Okay. I'm going to yeah, write that just, one down just, too. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of get it down to the tiniest number of words possible and mm -hmm. plug it into the blank and, and then just say it and just relax, go to passive breath awareness and see what happens. Just breathe. Stay By the way, I was so loving her, her visual because she was in such bright sunlight. It looked like she was moving in and out of spirit form. <laughs> <That was so laughs> cool. Yeah, you'll have to go back and watch the video, Caroline. But yeah. <laughs> now, I'm noticing, Alara, that, you know, we haven't actually led a process yet. And I haven't talked about the relationship stuff yet. So more I know. I know. <laughs> I know. This, this has just been such a fun conversation. I'm, I've just been really enjoying it. So, but, all right. So, like. We will move on to the next thing, but let's talk about the special offer first really quickly. Okay. Because um, I usually try to do that at the top of the hour. So for those of you who are on the live page, you can just click on special offer. Those of you who are not, you can go to alara.at forward slash show forward slash Benjamin nine. Yes, nine. All right, so Benjamin, this is your membership program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's called Awakening Plus. And it's an awesome value, especially with this special. So Awakening Plus is an online spiritual membership. I guarantee at least three live events by Zoom each month. Lately, we're doing more like seven or eight. So there's lots of bonus ones for free. Um, and any, most of the calls are available for free to anyone. So however, a lot of times we're doing one and you aren't available then. And the cool thing is there's an archive which now has over 260 recorded events that typically run between one and two hours. And the extraordinary thing is that the recorded events are just as powerful as the live events. Okay, so how many times have you shelled out like, you know, nine, I don't know what we're selling it for, 89, 99, whatever. 99, how much? $99. $99. And you might get like two or three recordings, right? You're getting 260 recordings that grows by several recordings each month. And these are potent processes that can really accelerate your healing and awakening. And many of them are also about just stepping up in service for the great awakening on the planet. And it may seem crazy that the recorded event could be as strong as the live event, but this is what I keep hearing over and over again from the people who do it. And I believe the reason is, even though the recording itself is fixed, the divine allies come in real time. So when my voice is there calling in the allies on the recording, they're really coming and they're really there with you at that very moment. And so I've had people say, I've, I've like one person told me, I've done the same recording five times. I actually had five completely different experiences each time. Mm -hmm. so, sure. so it's like a stunning resource to, to keep you, you know, awakening and healing and serving. So there's even more beyond that though. You can get into our community and connect with other members. You can, uh, buddy up with an accountability partner and you can help each other stay on track with whatever your goals are. Um, and I'm, I'm now in mid-November, I'll be launching a major upgrade to Awakening Plus. I'm going to be putting courses inside the forum 
where I will actually have courses you can do on your own pace that'll involve videos and, and you know, PDFs and specific little things you can do to take your spiritual path to the next level. And I've got even grander visions beyond that. So, awesome. so basically, normally to, to get a year's worth of this membership would be 189 normally. If you take a large special offer, it's only 99. That's pretty much half price. Mm -hmm. you know? For the whole year. <laughs> yeah, the whole year. Yeah. And, um, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you jump in and within 30 days you don't care for it, just cancel. You get all your money back. So it's, it's a pretty sweet deal. And I've had quite a few people come from you and no one's ever canceled. They've mm -hmm. always stuck with it. Yeah. Awesome. So um, it's, oh, what time are the calls? Um, that can shift at the moment here in um, mid, close to mid-September 2020. Um, right now, the, the main calls are on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And for months now, we've been running a second weekly call called New Earth Support, where we get together and serve the divine. And those are Thursday nights at 8 p.m. But there are occasional extra calls at different times. And again, uh, to be honest, most of the members don't even do the live calls. They mm -hmm. only do the recordings and are totally happy with that. So the timing of the live calls is not super crucial. It's, it's great if you can make it. But, and, but I have, you know, for a while, the calls were on Monday nights. And then I had scheduling concerns and I had to shift them to Tuesdays. So the calls may move around over time, but the recordings are always there. Yeah. And, so for and, now, they're two, Tuesdays at yeah. 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And soon I'll be adding in things like spiritual mastermind and, you know, gathering together on Zoom and supporting each other in real time. So there's, there's new things that are going to be coming in by mid-November that will augment the, the uh, membership as well. So it's, it's just in its infancy and I've got all these, it's just taking so much time to implement the visions I have. Yeah. So it's going to, it, within a year, it's going to be unrecognizable. It's going to be so much more amazing than it is right now. And you'll still be there with that 99 bucks that you paid <laughs> for the whole year. <laughs> exactly. The maximum next evolution for Benjamin that serves highest good, please. Yay! <laughs> yeah, awesome. Great. So again, that is available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Benjamin nine. So please do take a look at it. Uh, like, like Benjamin said, lots of recordings, lots of live calls. And I love the accountability uh, partner part as well, because I, I think a lot of times we need that extra support and that push and that accountability with somebody to keep us going on track. So I think I, I, I love that part. I wish I had that yeah. in my membership groups like oh yeah let me let me quote a quick statistic um i forget which professional organization did this but they discovered that um you know how most people they'll sell to do something and most people just don't follow through and it never mm -hmm. happens people who have an accountability partner and they know that accountability partner is going to ask them did you do it yeah the rate of success of accomplishing those goals rises to 95 percent with an accountability partner it's a stunning difference i mean yeah. i there's a group here called Whatever It Takes, and these people pay hundreds of dollars a year simply to have an accountability partner, and that's all they get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and most has not only that, but all this other cool spiritual stuff, you know? So that's just another amazing piece of value that we tack on if you want yeah. to do the accountability partner piece, yeah. Awesome, good, I love it. Yeah, I wish I had one, you know, an accountability partner. Oh, it's like, it's so hard sometimes because we get so distracted and there's like, you know, yeah. It's, it's like, I just want to do this. Uh, anyways. But yes, yeah, so I'll that's accountability that, partner. That's a bonus. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Because you'll be mine. <laughs> sure. Because it's true, though, that, you know, like if you have somebody that is waiting for you to say, yes, I did something, then you'll do it. You know, it pushes you. Yeah. Otherwise, I can get sidetracked and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's 
basic human psychology. Accountability <laughs> creates productivity for sure. Yeah. So if anybody has any questions about the membership, just type it in the chat or raise your hand. That'd be awesome. All right. So we also wanted to talk a little bit about um, compassionate, radical honesty, and nonviolent communication. And then we're going to do the process because I don't want to miss out on the process for sure. Okay. All right. I also need to check in. Do we have any kind of hard stop time? I need to know how much time we have. To, or we, no. we can spend hours on this alone. So I know, right? What's my, what's my time frame here? <laughs> Well, I would say by 11 o'clock my time. So that's like five o'clock your time. Yeah, let me right. just see what time it is. I don't even know. So yeah, then, we can do it in 40 minutes easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we'll try to do it quicker if we can. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, someone also just typed what time are my Awakening Plus calls. At the moment, they're Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. And there's bonus calls running on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, so that's the current timing. That could change over time, but that's where it is at the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So oh, I just um, want to say really quickly again too, you know, like for those, and this is not part of the package or anything. So please don't, you know, like, it's just like, if you have never had a, a, a astrology reading with Benjamin, you really should. You're amazing. I was like shocked. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was shocked, you know, when, when you did mine, shocked in a good way. Like, Oh my God. You know, so <laughs> yeah, if you, if uh, you can, that would be awesome. Go ahead, Caroline. We have to know our exact time of birth for astrology readings with no, you? Um, that is optimal because then I know precisely where all the houses are in the chart. But I've done many helpful readings when someone had no clue what their time was. I cannot be as specific in those readings, but I can still be very helpful. And I'll mention what I do is called Astrology Plus. It's not only astrology, it can also include shamanic healing, awakening activation, invocations. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, it's only a partial astrology and we're doing the energetic stuff as well. So I hope that's a helpful answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't have my exact time either. So I had like a 15 minute window. So Benjamin worked with that, you know, cause at least I got the 15 minute window. I have to call my mom and say, what time was I born? <laughs> you know, hmm. Approximately. Um, all right. <laughs> it was funny. So Denise is just really quickly, Denise is asking, what is the easiest way to see your next step on your path? Clearly, without any hesitation of where you need to go, be, or do. <laughs> okay, that, I have two answers. First, if you have access to your inner guidance, just ask your higher self what's next and get the download. And trust it. Uh, if you, yeah. If you don't have that ability, the simplest guideline, if you're not, out now astrology, of course, can go into great detail on life purpose and what the optimal path is. But for anyone, in any, just ask yourself, what am I the most enthusiastic about? What excites me? What pumps me up? That is what aligns with your life purpose. If you will simply follow your enthusiasm, you'll be on track. Bashar in his little documentary says the same thing. Mm -hmm. okay. And get out of your head. Get, you know, like don't let the ands, buts, ifs, right. ands, all those things come in. Yes, you're asking, you're, you're listening. What is my body telling me? What is my life force moving toward? And and your thoughts and your conditioning may try to negate that, but your body knows yeah. what your heart is yearning for is exactly what your life purpose is aligned toward at the moment. Yeah. So just follow your passion. You know, Joseph Campbell says, follow your bliss. He couldn't have nailed it any better. Yeah. You want to be on track, follow your bliss. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Thank you. Um, yeah, definitely do an astrology reading with, with Benjamin. You'll love it. Yeah. Okay, good. Awesome. All right. Um, okay. So where were we? Uh, I think we're about to go to the relationship stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me, let me first explain the two modalities. Neither of them were invented by me, but I've incorporated them. 
Uh, first, let me put in a huge plug for nonviolent communication. Um, most of us are raised and we have no good models for how to relate well with another person. Mm -hmm. We mainly see dysfunctional relating because that's all our parents knew how to do. You know, there was no real from our parents about or late for the most part. Yeah. So basically this tool has been used for decades. It's endorsed by the United Nations, by the Dalai Lama. The book Nonviolent Communication has sold over 2 million copies. It's in over 30 languages. I mean, massive, massive credibility because it works. So basically, uh, I strongly recommend getting the book Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. I believe it's up to the third edition now. And, and the, I'll, I'll just briefly highlight the basic modality that it uses. This is just the, the barest skeleton of it and the book will flesh this out for you. But basically if you're in conflict and you and the person who are willing to work it out together, their process is basically person number one begins and person number two just listens. Person number one goes through these four steps. First they say, here's my observation, what a video camera would have seen or heard. To the best of your ability, just recount the facts. Second, F, it's an oftener model, OFNR. My feelings, you say, here's my feelings about situation, whether they're good or bad, and you're allowed to be emotional and emote while you're doing this, okay? So you get the feelings out on the table. Then third, here's my needs, the needs that are being met or are not being met in this context, and you give them out fully and honestly. And then the final one is R, the request. Here's my request of you to get the needs met better. Now, during this time, the other person is not allowed to interrupt or negate or argue. They must simply listen, okay? Then you flip and the other person goes through the same four steps and the first person simply listens and takes it in. Okay, they may have mental objections, but they don't voice them. Now, for most people, this process is the first time ever that all this information got out in the open. Okay, so so it, now what this now optimally this is done in an environment of good intent, where both parties are willing to be open, authentic, honest, and vulnerable. Okay, the more that's true, the better this works. It doesn't have to be absolute, but that's where you want to go the best you can. So both parties have to have positive intent. And the other critical thing is, neither party can be married to a specific end result. You're going into this not having a clue what the outcome is going to be and being okay with that. Then after all the stuff's been laid out of the table, then what the author calls the magic show begins. He says, okay, now you brainstorm together and because everything's in the open, you're, you're using a larger intelligence than either of you possesses, you can come up with amazing solutions that are total win-win that neither of you could ever have got to independently. Now, sometimes the two people can do it a lot. Sometimes a facilitator will be there helping them, okay? But the basic idea is you come in with this openness and, and vulnerability and lay it all out in a safe container and you see if it's possible to get to a solution that, that's good for everybody. So that's the essence of nonviolent communication. My partner, McKees and I have done that from time to time where we just couldn't see eye to eye and it's always helped. Mm -hmm. Awesome, I love it. And, so that's, and, and that's the thing, it's like, it's, like communica it's like communicating and also taking a pause, step, stepping back and allowing the person to speak, to share, yeah. right? to be vulnerable and just to be, period. That's, right. that's hard for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, not what we're trained to do growing up for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, but what I wanna talk about more is the compassionate radical honesty. So a little background on this. Radical honesty is, was, was that phrase and that method was, was created by a guy named Brad Blanton uh, quite a while ago. And um, I love the, the way I practice it, but I don't like the way he does it. 
just mm -hmm. to be quite honest. And he would appreciate me being that straightforward, actually. So radical honesty means you say what you actually think. And my partner, McKeeslin, I have been doing this for several weeks now. And basically what it, what it means for us is, you know, when I have a thought or judgment about her, something that I normally would not have voiced in this way of being, you say it to them. Mm -hmm. However, the, the way we do it is why I put the word compassionate on the front. Okay. So instead of me saying, um, you really were trying to upset me there, weren't you? You know, um, there's a, there's a preparatory phrase that we use that's so helpful. And that phrase is, there's a story in my mind that says, Got it. Yeah. And this makes all the difference. And this is what this is saying is I am letting you know me better by sharing my mental and emotional process with you regarding you. But me saying there's a story in my mind that says also lets you know, I don't necessarily believe this thought. Mm -hmm. And, and so basically this opens up dialogue and engagement and um, sometimes there's a really challenging period where we're having to work through this and the other partner is getting triggered by this. And if they're staying constant, well, there's a story in my mind that says, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so you, you work through it. And of course, I, I must say the fact that both of us have the ability to stay in embodied awakening is hugely helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and, and the more conscious you can be in this process, the smoother it's going to go. But even if you can't, it's still helpful. So basically, if you're willing to work through this, what we have found is going through the, the difficult things, the judgments, et cetera, actually gets us by the end of the conversation to a more connected place. Because basically, as Young, Carl Jung said, you know, decades ago, he says, what if the, if the challenging thing lives in the shadows, it's powerful and it can control you from the shadows. Mm -hmm. But once you bring it into the light, then it has no power over you at all. And what I've experienced, you know, you, you think I'd know better for all the years I've done ayahuasca and meditation and all the stuff I do, but sometimes I'll get a judgment about McKeesla. Yeah. And, and if I don't speak it, there's a chance it could fester in there and call its buddies in on this unspoken judgment or, or misunderstanding can really creep out and grow like a cancer if mm -hmm. it's unspoken. So what when done skillfully with both partners, compassion and radical honesty allows you to share that thought without taking ownership of it, without I saying that. I believe it, but sharing it and then engaging in a dialogue that in our experience every time just diffuses it. So, so for us, it's been tremendous. In fact, we recently got to a point where I wasn't even sure I wanted to continue the relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and I shared that with her in this process. And, and fortunately, we have a tribe of people who are very skillful facilitators and we got into a group process with, we had one facilitator and each of us had an ally who was there to kind of hold our hand literally while we were going through this. And we went through this process and shared very, you know, nakedly and honestly about what we were both experiencing. And ever since we went through that process, I mean, we have literally hit a level of intimacy and love and physical affection we have never had ever. Okay, so mm -hmm. what I experienced was instead of keeping these thoughts silent, as I had for months before we finally got into this open radical honesty process, you know, by, by bringing it up and being willing to say, wow, we're going to bring this on the table, even if it costs the relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. And to discover that by facing the darkness and being fully transparent, we've ended up more loving, more intimate. And my heart is so much more open than I even knew it could be. 
and, yeah. and it's, it's kind of like it's 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 in a way it's our own form of relational shadow work yeah it's very similar to you know you're feeling muck in your own body and you call on the healing invocation and it flushes it away this time in an interrelational process we do it together yeah. and i'm just so grateful to have a partner as conscious as she is that and that's the thing your partner has to be on board you know has to want to do this as well right mm -hmm. so for a lot yeah, of us um, i've i've worked that. with many clients who who they themselves can do it but their partner is not that conscious they're not willing yeah and that that's a that's where they have to make a choice sometimes you have to choose between your current partner and your awakening process mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> Yeah. My own bias is ain't nothing going to stop that awakening process. You know, yeah. I like to yeah. say all that awakening requires is everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like when it comes to awakening versus relationships, everything, like, everything is on the table to be gone, to be, to be left behind when it comes to the awakening. You know, I like agree. you can't hold on to anything, you know, nothing. So be willing to give up everything for your awakening. That's how powerful it is. But at the same, but the, but it's like it's like be willing, but doesn't it doesn't mean that you it will happen? But you have to be willing, you right. know. It costs everything. <laughs> yeah, but I'll I'll say also, you know, from an unawakened perspective, you feel like, oh, I'm going to go through all this agony and withdrawal <laughs> symptoms, and and once you start waking, it's really not so much like that. It's mm -hmm. more like you wake up to a certain level and say, oh wow, that that connection I had made with that person for that while, it's not serving anymore. And, and there's almost a, an ease of release compared to what it would have been if you were to wake. I'll just say awakening does make everything easier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the reasons I described earlier in the call. Yeah. <laughs> so do the invocations and also do your own work, right? But do the, inv do the invocations, maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good, please. Maximum healing that serves highest good, please. Maximum next evolution that serves highest good, please. Okay. And... Yeah. Uh, Put it all put it all out there you know like what have you got to lose everything but what do you get everything more more than everything let's say you're losing everything with lowercase c and you're, you're gaining everything with a capital e yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah awesome yeah that's and that is you know like linda said this this should be a must for before marriage but no not just before during during the marriage because that's when you know a lot of this stuff comes up you know it's like people should be working on their relationship, you know, all the time. You know, it's not just before you get married, because like once you get married, all sorts of stuff happens and things come up. That's when you need yeah. these tools as well. Yeah, there's, if you're in a closed container with another person, that person will normally become your greatest source of catalyst. Yeah. It, they, they may not want to be. And, and they may have no desire to provoke you, but it's just how it works. If you, you know, uh, I'd like to briefly cover the three ways to use the healing invocation because it directly relates to this, if that's okay. Sure. Um, the way most people experience it is they just get triggered by something. Again, the easiest source of catalyst is that person you're in close contact with that you have a committed container with. Um, so that often the catalyst will come from that person. Um, what I recommend is as long as the person doesn't mean to be harmful, as long as there's absence of malice, mm -hmm. that's okay that's just the the partner anyone's job who as their partner is going to catalyze you okay and realize they can't make you feel anything they're just providing catalyst i uh, you know i believe anyone who's going to wake up has to understand my emotions are 100 percent my responsibility i'm responsible for what i feel no one else okay mm -hmm. so that's important um and let me see if i can regain my train of thought okay 
So, so in the healing invocation, there's three basic methods. One is you just respond to catalysts that already came. And, and you say maximum healing service has good, please put your attention where it already hurts and flush it out. There's two variations though that people can do. One is, okay, you say, hi yourself, I got a little free time here, I'm feeling great, but I want to voluntarily clear whatever the next layer is so I don't have to get blindsided by it later, mm -hmm. okay? So you just say maximum healing service has good, please, and then rest in breath, and the divine knows what the next thing in line is. It will bring it up, and you just deal with it as if you'd just been catalyzed, okay? But there's a third way that I often do when I'm like doing one-on-one -on -one with the people and I'm teaching them the, the invocation process. I say, okay, I want you to deliberately call up a trauma from your past. It has to be a memory that is always painful when you think about it, okay? And it can be anywhere from, you know, just moderately painful to the worst thing ever happened. You won't get overwhelmed, you're safe either way. But the idea is you bring it up, you bring the memory up as vividly as you possibly can as if it was happening now, and you will feel those difficult emotions or the tension in your body. And, as, and when you've stirred up as strong as you can, then you say maximum healing that serves highest good, please, rest your awareness in wherever the bad feeling is, and the divine will flush it out. So, and, and again, guaranteed you won't get overwhelmed. The, the process does not allow it, okay? Then after the stuff is cleared, there is a second step. You check your work. <laughs> you, after you, you actually bring up the same exact memory a second time, again, make it as vivid, as intense as you can. And the typical experience, like I use a 10 point scale, 10 is just maximum intensity and difficulty. One is totally clear. Yeah. Usually though, I'm between eight and 10 when they bring this stuff up. Then after they've cleared, they bring it up again and they say, I'm at zero. There's like no, I'm, I'm seeing it and I'm not having any emotional response to it at all. Mm -hmm. And that lets us know it's clear at least at that level. Right. Okay. But That's it's good awesome. to check your work after you've cleared something to make sure it really is clear. There yeah. might be a little debris floating around. And then what I say then though is, please don't assume that all of that trauma is now gone. Because what we have no idea about is what's still in your unconscious. Mm -hmm. All we know is we've dealt with the conscious part. It could be that the trauma was so intense that some of it got buried and now that we've cleared this layer at some point, the next layer will emerge for healing and clearing. So don't assume you've ever cleared anything permanently. At the same time, you now know there's nothing to even worry about because you have this tool that no matter what comes up, you can take it out with the healing invocation because your higher self is gonna do it for you. So that's, that's, that's the, the three ways, just get triggered or just ask for whatever's next or deliberately bring up an old wound and yeah. clear it deliberately yeah good so like that's kind of like a preemptive strike <laughs> exactly yeah yeah in a way that's what i've been doing with all my ayahuasca ceremonies ayahuasca ceremony is a massive okay i'm ready to go in and proactively clear stuff now so i don't have to get triggered by it later yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. why not if when, you know when when you have a few days why not right <laughs> well, that's my opinion yeah awesome good all right so are we ready to do the process sure and I think for today, probably just doing the embodied awakening process would be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because uh, the healing process can get rather involved. Again, I'll, I'll, if people, since we're not doing a healing process, again, anybody can go to, you know, if you just sign up for the membership, you're in. But even mm -hmm. if you don't, you can go to astroshaman.com, get on my newsletter. And I announce the newsletter when we do the events. And you can experience all this stuff live on the live mm -hmm. events. But again, the, the 
the package is such a bargain. It's really yeah, cool it is. Get in there and get the archive. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, but let me do this with the group. So may I take it away? Uh, yeah. Give me just. Okay. So myself. first off, please do only this while we're doing this. It's not going to take very long, but just give us your full attention now, and drop all thought, and just become aware of your body. Notice just the overall feeling of your body. And if you're aware of the energy in or around your body, notice that too. You've got a, a very awake crew, Laura. I'm feeling so my experience always mirrors the group and I'm, I'm just tingling all over the place. You've got some very conscious people on this call. And, and I'm feeling you, by the way, whether you're live or on the replay, it doesn't matter. So just feel your starting place and then just note that on a feeling level, you're gonna compare when we're done. So now, um, I've already, I'm gonna repeat these things. I said them earlier, but some people may have jumped on after that. These are important for me to say up front. Um, again, this is like, instead of your ego driving the car, your ego slides to the passenger seat, your divine's gonna drive. Your ego can take back control at any time if it doesn't like the divine's driving, you're safe. You are reversible totally on this. The other thing is the qualities that you'll get to when you do this, there's gonna be a lot more harmony, flow, ease, and grace, everything you're responsible for, you're gonna do more responsibly and joyfully. Instead of having to figure things out mentally, you'll just know what to do through intuition and there will be much more bliss. So that's what we're about to move into. So that's all the preparatory language, let's just do it. So I'm gonna say those eight words, I'm gonna ask you to repeat them out loud if you can, or just think them if you for some reason can't say them out loud. So begin that repetition now to your higher self. Maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good, please. Let the words go. Now just rest in breath awareness. And your job is to have no breath control, let the breath do whatever it wants, but just notice the sensation of it coming and going. To get the quickest, most effective result, here's some tips that'll help you. Don't use any effort or willpower to try to make anything happen or stop anything from happening. Please do not deliberately visualize or imagine anything. You're just passive, you're just feeling breath. If you get distracted, which means you realize, oh, my attention isn't on my breath anymore. Whatever that distraction is, don't fight it, don't try to change it, let it be exactly as it is with no resistance. It is an uninvited guest. You let it do its thing and you simply relax back into your breath again. You do this very gently and persistently. If the distraction is still there in the background, no problem. It does its thing. You do your thing. Just relax into your breath. No resistance. Oh, you're, many people are there already, but let me give the last nuance. The last nuance, if you want, is to learn what's the minimum effort needed even to feel your breath. It's less than you might think. So to learn how this is, let's drop to zero effort for just a moment. So no focus, you're allowing whatever happens for a moment, just be, simply exist. No effort at all. And a lot of people just popped in right there. So if you're not already embodied in embodied awakening and you would be there if all the following is true, no mental chatter, no challenging emotion, peaceful and effortless, you're already there, just hang out for a minute there. If you're not, then at zero effort, 
notice if there's breath awareness anyway. If there is, then zero effort's all you need. If there is not any breath awareness, then like add teeny little increments of effort, like the touch of a feather, teensy, teensy little increments of effort until you get the breath awareness back. Just barely enough effort to feel the breath at all. Make it as easy as possible. This leaves the maximum space for the divine to do its thing. And just rest right there in that absolute minimum level of breath awareness, minimum effort to notice it at all. And it feels like the vast majority, if not all of the people hearing me have, have got there now. So, so again, if you're there, you'll notice there's no mental chatter, there's no challenging emotion, it's peaceful, and it's completely effortless. You're not having to do anything, it's just there. It's just the new normal. So for a moment, let's all just rest in this space. I'm also noticing as a bonus, your, your audience, Alara, is so conscious that many of us are also experiencing a blended field of our own consciousness. So those of you who are a little more sensitive are noticing, not only am I feeling my own individual awakened being, but I'm noticing the blended field of everyone who's on the live call or doing it afterward. It all blends together beyond space and time. And that's embodied awakening. And um, for some of you, this is like old news. You've been doing this for years. I've had this state already. For some of you, it may be new. If you want to you know, use this as a daily tool to make sure you're in that strong awakening, then again, the, the, the instructions are super easy. Just do that invocation first thing each morning as soon as you think about it, maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good, please. And then you repeat if needed. If at some point during the day you lose it, mental chatter and challenging emotion comes back, just repeat the eight words, rest in breath a moment till it comes back. Many people say they can call it in within five or 10 seconds. And a lot of people say, wow, I only have to spend like five or 10 minutes a day repeating a time or two to get this all day. And they consider that a really good return on investment. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. How's everybody doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Carolyn already bought the package. Thank you, Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I'm in. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. So how's everybody doing? So that was the maximum embodied awakening. See, mm -hmm. Easy peasy. So simple. Yeah. Says, Thank you. That was wonderful. No effort whatsoever right um well unless you need a teeny bit just to feel your breath but yeah. it's, it's so so minimal yeah 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 exactly so this is something you can do every day morning you know when you first wake up at nighttime right before you go to sleep like it doesn't take long right so it's exactly. just you know put it put a reminder on your phone i finally figured out how to do that i had to download an app <laughs> yeah and also i i strongly recommend they they read the post about this on my site Mm -hmm. um, can I tell them how to get to that? Yeah. yeah. So go to astroshaman.com and then the last word in the menu bar is the word invocations. And if you click or tap that, it'll take you to a page with two preview posts. The first one has sort of a stylized meditator image and going into that, the post goes into detail on how to do this and how to customize invocations to call in whatever you want. Mm -hmm. The second post on the preview page has an image of a crying woman and that goes into detail on the on the healing invocation. So all the how-to is on those two posts if you need some, some written reinforcement. Awesome. Um, 
So yeah, do check it out. The hopefully there you go. You can go to astroshaman.com. Yeah, you typed it correctly there. Yeah. Yeah. Got the link. Unfortunately, the link didn't follow through, but whatever. Well, astroshaman.com isn't that hard to type. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So please do ch check it out and uh, read up on it. Um, Gitte, Gitte. Hopefully, I'm saying your name right. Did you say new normal? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, this is the new normal. Yeah. I, like like I was saying earlier, I wake up and I'm already in a profound state of bliss. Um, to be honest, sometimes I, you know, I've mentioned I've been sleeping outside, which makes it even nicer, yeah. but I wake up and I'm in such bliss. It takes sometimes a real effort even to move because I'm in such ecstasy. I'm, I'm so light body that it, it takes a little bit of willpower sometimes to get more in the body and start moving around. You won't need drugs to get high anymore. You'll just be high all the time. And you'll be even more functional, more responsible than ever before. It, it just, it's hard to imagine until you're there, but it's just all upside and, and no, no downside at all. Thank you, Caroline. She put the link in so you can just click on it. Awesome. So is there any, does anybody have any questions or about what we just experienced? Everybody doing okay? Yeah. Brenda. Oh, Brenda. Uh, she says, I feel wonderful. I had joined with Benjamin from the last time you're on. These spiritual travels with Benjamin are so amazing. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and I'll mention, I, I, this may be tuning my own horn a little bit, but when we do a call in Awakening Plus, I always leave a little time at the end for feedback, and inevitably people come back and say, oh, I had such a profound mystical experience, or I'm so altered, or I'm in so much bliss. And these are just routine comments that just basically come at the end of every call we do. So yeah. it seems to be a pretty consistent effect. Yeah, good. So, you know, when you join the membership, you get to experience this more and more and more, you know, more of uh, Benjamin's uh, techniques and tools and processes, including this one, but I'm sure there's others too, other processes that you do on the calls. Yeah, and I want to, you know, there's the stereotype of the stoned out, you know, mystic who just stumbles around and doesn't get anything done. Uh, to me, I, I like to bring images more of people like the Dalai Lama or Paramahansa Yogananda mm -hmm. or, or, you know, all these beautiful spiritual masters who are walking around in Radiant Awakening, but they, they get stuff done. Yeah, they're you know, still I, creating. I got, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I got a bunch of Capricorn and Virgo, but I'm here to get things done. <laughs> and this is not a space out of work. This is get in your body and, and do what you're here to do in your human self more ecstatically, more effectively, in a more inspired way, you'll save so much time and we'll get, you'll, it'll get you on mission so yeah. much more than you are. Yeah, this is not about sitting on your couch or sitting on your meditation cushion all day long and not doing anything. You know, this is not about that. But this is about yeah. embodying that awakening as you walk the earth, as you live your life, as you, mm -hmm. you know, have relationships, as you create, as you express yourself. Yeah, and this of course serves the great global awakening because every person who awakens even a little bit more Spreads of the collective. It's morphic resonance. Yeah. So, so this is this is so good because you personally have profound benefit. The divine gives you profound benefit, and I'm I'm called to share when we do our Thursday night calls for New Earth support. You know, all of us get so flooded with bliss, and the divine tells us we are like like we did the call on Thursday. It was yesterday, and 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 we got just we just sat there for a while, just getting saturated with just as much bliss as we could handle. Mm -hmm. I mean, each of us was taken to our bliss capacity. It was amazing. And the divine was making clear, 
we are doing this because you need to be as saturated as possible so you can radiate this to the collective. Yeah. So the, the service to the collective is amazing. Yes, sometimes you'll process heavy energy and you will also be taken, basically when you serve more, you get more mm -hmm. because those who serve are required to have more capacity. Absolutely. So I'll, I didn't say this before, but this is, an, I believe this to be true. Those yeah. who are the most dedicated to service awaken the fastest because you have to be awake to do that service. So, true. so you can almost demand your awakening by saying, I want to serve at the highest possible level. Yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll turn it on. I can definitely agree with that. Um, <laughs> Denise says, I'm finding essential oils very helpful in ascension, especially mm -hmm. clove and frankincense. I don't have clove, but I definitely have frankincense. I'm running out. Um, yeah, I use it every day. Frankincense is amazing on the forehead and third eye for pineal gland. Absolutely. I used to do that nice. all the time. You know, now I don't because like I'm on camera all the time, but um, <laughs> I don't want a glowing, shiny forehead. Frankincense helps cranium when your cranium changes. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very helpful. I, you know, I don't, I, I, I had, at one time I had put it at the back of my neck, back of my head and um, mm -hmm. don't do that. I couldn't do that. It was like giving me like major headaches. Oh, wow. But okay. yeah, yeah, so I put them on my pulse points and my forehead, you know, anywhere else on the body. Just I just can't do it on the back of the neck. Um, my wow. vibration always rises with soul family, brothers and sisters. Absolutely, right? And then as you are with your soul family, as they're doing processes to raise their vibration, yours will automatically rise as well. You will, yeah. you will entrain to the higher vibration, whoever that happens to be, right? Yeah, and yeah. one thing that's not really on our topic, but you know, I'm so fortunate to have a tribe of very conscious people here in Nashville that are my friends and I've been hanging with them for years. And, you know, if you're so, a solo act, please find your tribe. Mm -hmm. Ideally, mm -hmm. find them in person in the area where you are. But if you can't, that, that's one thing that Awakening Plus functions as. It becomes your virtual tribe. Okay. And when yeah. you keep doing process with people on a regular basis, you know, it's, I would say it's second best. I mean, best of all is if you can find an actual group of humans you can actually meet with and be in physical space with to the degree that coronavirus allows and, and be in that field, that's the best. But Awakening Plus can sort of serve as that virtual community if you feel isolated and you're just, you know, if you're on your own, it's, it's too easy for the dark side to pick you off. But that's when you should join these Zoom calls, et cetera, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so Alara's calls, my calls, you know, there's so many people online you can, you can yeah. get the high join. vibration group uplift yeah get the support um teresa you have your you have your mic unmuted did you have did you have want to say something teresa campbell no maybe no sorry oh no worries no problem <laughs> thank you um linda's asking have you done healing for covid um i have not specifically done that healing no but I, I have no doubt the divine can do whatever it needs to do. Yeah. I've, I've seen people use these invocations or go through shamanic awakening ceremonies and come out healed of stuff they, they assumed was permanently debilitating. So all, all I know is the divine has complete mastery over this physical level. And I don't care how much a doctor or a person says something impossible, nothing is impossible for the divine. And, and I say, give it a try. You know, if you've got COVID-19 and you say, I call maximum healing of COVID-19 out of my body, the divine will do what it can. Yeah. So I, I say, always give it a try. It's worth a shot. Um, Why not? Can I go in, do I have a moment to go into the two levels of, of what is, can and cannot be healed? Because that's sure. a good time. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and then we're done some, after that. <laughs> and what? And then we're done after that. Okay, good. So basically, my experience and belief is that there's two levels of affliction. And I'll say just look at anything that's bothering you. One is those that can be cured, where it's within sole contract to have that disturbing thing released and no longer bothering you. But there are some things that uh, one shaman told me is of God, where it's a, it's a soul-chosen situation that you have to live with. Uh, a great example is Stephen Hawking. Okay, so my, my understanding is he, he came here to do you know, groundbreaking physics work. He came here to be a genius in that realm. And there was a danger that he would get distracted with all the physical stuff he'd be doing. So he had a soul contract to literally have his body not function so that he would, in a sense, be forced to, to be restricted to the realm of the mind. So some people will limit themselves in a way like that to force them into a particular soul path that's of, of supreme importance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some things can be healed, some cannot. But I say it's always worth a try. And if, it, if something appears intractable, then ask yourself, well, what would it be if I just relaxed and embraced this and just made it a normal part of my reality and then went on with that as my, my new reality or my existing reality? So I'm, I'm all for trying for the healing if it serves highest good. But if you realize, wow, maybe this is something that was just chosen at birth to be part of my life experience this time around, it, that does happen sometimes. Yeah. But it's always Absolutely. worth a shot to see if it can be healed. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, good point. Thank you. And so, you know, there are some things that we chose to experience and, and whatever that choice was, it can be the catalyst for our awakening as well. So remember that and too. There's one more thing I have to put in. I've, I've been reading a number of books on happiness lately. Mm -hmm. And when they measure, like they, they have a person, the person has what most people consider just a heart, like they lose limbs or, you know, a major catastrophe ensues in their life, you know, a divorce or whatever when they check in like two years later, normally that person's about as happy as they were before the traumatic event. So people have a baseline of happiness that they tend to return to. And the same is true, like I won the lottery. And you know what, two years later, they're really not any happier than they were yeah. before they won it. So, yeah. so we tend to have our own baseline and even seemingly catastrophic things can't usually disrupt that for very long. So if you are in a challenging situation, know that the, your baseline emotional state will tend to return and also know that you've got the healing invocation and other tools where you can potentially clear away the challenge and, and just, you know, be done with it. So, so those awesome. I hope were helpful thoughts. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, um, I was just gonna say, but that baseline, like, let, let's say I'm, if I'm like, I don't know, not, not as happy as I would like to be, but if I do uh -huh. the, healing if i do the embodied awakening also that that baseline can increase can raise yes absolutely that that baseline can radically shift it like it almost like it creates a whole new paradigm of mm -hmm. what your baseline is yeah. it does yeah, yeah. good thanks thank for you. reminding me of that <laughs> yeah thank you all right everyone so thank you so much for all of your questions um just absolutely love them all they're wonderful and thank you, Benjamin, I, uh, this wonderful conversation. We had so much fun. The process, I know we didn't, you know, like we did kept short this time, but the conversation today was like amazing. It was like, <laughs> you know, so much fun and, you know, so relevant and it's something we all needed to, to hear and to experience. So, um, yeah, that was great. So please do again, check out the special offer. That's $99 for the full membership for a year with Benjamin. And that is available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Benjamin nine. So take a look at that. 
and go back and watch and or listen to this again so you can do that the embodied awakening process again with the group if you want or just try it on your own right mm -hmm. maximum embodied awakening that serves highest good please maximum yeah. healing that serves highest good please maximum next evolution that serves highest good please right, right. i mean i've got them on a roll now right because <laughs> like i got them, <laughs> you got them. <laughs> So you got to use them though. Okay. So just use them. So thank you so much, Benjamin. That was, uh, mm -hmm. that was wonderful. I'm so glad that everything is going well with you and with, mm -hmm. with um, Mixela. I, I think Mikisela. I was, yeah. I'm so glad that she's doing so much better. I was so concerned. So I'm so happy with, with that. So mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thanks. It's such a privilege to be on your show. Thank you. So much fun. So thank you, everyone. Have a great weekend. It is Friday, right? So have a great weekend. And until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, radiant health. Sending you all much love and blessings always. Bye for now.